Open up to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read this. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in parable, and I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but we'll tell it to the coming generation. We'll tell it the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. What kind of generational impact do you want to have? What kind of generational impact do you want to have? And I, I, let me just quickly at the front of this message, this short little message today, I want you to understand that I'm not just talking to the family with the kids. I know that's how it feels, but I'm coming after every single person in this room. Everybody. You might be single and live in your home by yourself. I'm coming after you. You might, you might be uh, married you might be dating somebody. You might be all sorts of different situations. You could be old and a grandparent. Doesn't mean you have to be old. I caught myself. I'm coming after every single person. What is the generational impact that you want to have? Let me just quickly give my testimony. I've never at the dwelling in the past six years of planting this church, I've never told you, I've never testified, you know what I'm saying? I've never, I've never given my testimony, really. And when people ask me, what's your testimony? You know, I'm always a little bit like, well, man, I, you know, some people have the testimony where they had the 357 and they, they want, they, there was something on their heart or mind that they wanted to do. And God, you know, came in and the phone call happened and it stopped it from happening and God saved them in some dramatic way or something. You know, some of you have that story. And, and that's a powerful thing. That's a powerful story. And that, listen, I really believe that God's working in us our story so that we might share that story with other people. So don't hold your story in. Your story is the story that God's given you and he's working those things out so that you might be a blessing to other people. And so if you've got the 357 story, praise God. Praise God and I'm thankful for that. I don't have that kind of story. My story is, is probably connected more to uh, growing up as a follower of Jesus from a young age, being taught God's word on a pretty regular basis, and, um, and, and, and um, you know, saying now that I'm a follower of Jesus on my own, you know, I, I, I own that myself, nobody else is believing that for me or something, but, but I was 
raised in that, quite honestly. And how I would say it is something like, I, I really believe, and this is how I've been telling my story lately, I believe that my story is connected to generational blessings. I really see in, in my story, um, my story being connected to the blessings that were promised to those who've come before me. And their faithfulness in walking out what, what God had called them to do and me getting to be kind of on the recipient end of that blessing. Now, I mean, as I even, you know, as I say that, this isn't that somebody else, it's not what somebody else believes for you. At the end of the day, it's what you believe to be true. I get that. There is a personal faith thing that is needed. I, I, I understand that. But there's also so often scriptural stuff about generation, God working generationally. And let's not miss the blessings and the promises that God gives to us as he does that. And as I see in my life as kind of a, as someone who looked at my parents who simply were just regular, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My, my barely graduated, I think barely graduated high school. My dad was a truck driver turned lumber salesman. I asked him this past week, I called my both, both parents individually, I said, hey, what was the, really the transformational faith thing that happened in your life that, that you would say really, you know, brought you deeper into a relationship with them? And my dad, you know, my dad said basically a couple things. He said uh, there was a, a two Two guys in his life. My dad's dad died when he was very young. My dad was eight years old when his dad died. There was two particular men that were very influential in his life, both who are now passed away. Um, my dad would say that um, uh, uh, primarily, though, his faith was kind of one of just steadily growing deeper roots. There was no like huge moment necessarily. It was just engaging God's word more. And so that's kind of what my dad would say. My mom, when I asked her, she said, uh, you know, my mom grew up going to church and then right after church would go to the bar. That's what my mom did. Her parents went to the bar and they played cards and they drank and drank too much. And that's, that's the, the life that my mom grew up in. And so my mom said that it was really kind of marrying my dad and, and she remembers a particular moment where she was at church. My dad was at truck driving school and she was at church alone by herself. And it kind of hit her. She's like, man, I would never do this. And here I am. And that, that's what she shared with me this past week. Yeah. No crazy stories or something to tell other than just God being faithful and working and engaging God's word and prayer and growing in her faith. She actually did attribute a connection to a, another lady in the church as being influential as well. But now I get to be a recipient of those blessings of their faithfulness and walking in that righteousness. And I'm watching now their grandkids. And I think of our oldest, Micaiah, uh, one of my oldest nieces who's 21. And if she were to get married today and have a child, I mean, I know Micaiah, and she's going to absolutely be instilling faith in the life and the, the heart of her kid. I just, her heart is, is dedicated to that. And so I'm literally getting to watch live out generational blessings. 
Psalm 103 the other day really stood out to me. This is what spurred this message on. Psalm 130, verse 17. The steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. And verse 18 goes on, to those who would keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. What did they do? What did they do though to influence me and pass the faith on? What did they do? Well, there wasn't these huge moments per se what the one thing that I would really say was the most transformative was this. I saw my parents and I watched them, and I can't measure this. There was not a moment. This was just life. I saw my parents and I actually believed that they believed in God. I actually believed that my parents believed in God. And I would suggest that was the most formative thing in my personal spiritual uh, walk. They consistently brought us back to the word of God, not in any kind of dramatic way. We did family devotions, honestly, after dinner. And we used a little thing called portals of prayer. You can find it online. You can order a million of them. Uh, just a little short little devotional. And we went through the portals of prayer. And that's how we engaged God's word as a family. There was no special prayers. My dad's a lumber salesman. My mom's just a regular lady who barely graduated high school. She's probably not going to be happy if she listens to this message. <laughs> Maybe this is one I'll tell her. Hey, mom, what, listen to next week. Yeah. They consistently brought us back to prayer. Songs, sometimes we sang. Sometimes I'd say more around like Christmas and uh, more some of the seasonal stuff, like we would sing during Advent and Lent and stuff in the home, but not on a regular basis. Singing is something that I witness actually probably more from Jackie's side of the family, and we've really seen singing as a really big part of uh, faith formation, honestly. But singing can be a challenge. Conversations, regular conversations, really seeing that my parents believed this stuff to be true. Listen to what Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7 says. God had just given the Ten Commandments. He's been talking to his people. And, and I want to just show you these two verses. Listen to this. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house and you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You know what that word means? That, the Hebrew word there is a word called shanan. And the word shanan is, is, is um, like taking a knife and running it over a whetstone to sharpen the knife. It's cons that's what shanan means. It's diligently, it's taking the knife and running it over the whetstone again and again and again and then the other side again and again and again consistently over time not some necessarily huge moment or having all the right answers or saying all the perfect stuff, but just consistently bringing them back to the word of God, to prayer, to, to, 
to the basics of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. What are the things that we would teach our kids? Well, look at, look at Psalm 78 again. What does he say here? Tell them to the coming generation. Tell what? Well, the glorious deeds. The glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he's done. What do we tell our kids? When do we say it? Does it have to be around some formal moment? Or are we having these conversations when we're out for a walk and we see the little squirrel? Ah, cool. Isn't that cool how God made that little squirrel? Are we engaging with our kids on the way to school and are we saying, man, what's, what's God been doing in your life lately? Or maybe on the way, you know, because here's the deal. Family devotions can happen anytime. Now, I personally would really argue for consistency. Pick a time that works. Is it breakfast? Do it at breakfast. Is it, is it um, on the way to school? Do it on the way to school. Is it before bed? Do it before bed. Is it at dinner? Do it before dinner. Find something and just stick with it. And we'll find you have to sometimes get creative. You know, when, when we go to a soccer game and we're coming back late and we know that it's going to be right into the shower and then right into bed kind of thing at night, we'll just do it on the way home. Why can't I tell a story? And it's amazing how many times I'll just be like, yeah, let me tell you the story of uh, you know, Joseph and Mary, Mary and Joseph, Christmas. Tell a story that you know. Tell a story Say a prayer, sing a song, say a blessing. See, we've had the opportunity to get to witness this. And I'm learning this from people in my life who are not pastors, who are not special missionary-like people. They're just regular people who see the importance of generational impact. And I know that many of you haven't seen that. I recognize that. Many of you wouldn't know where to start, and I get that. But isn't it cool to think that maybe you could be the start of that? Isn't it cool to, to look at your life and be like, yeah, I've never seen that. I have no idea how I would do that. Isn't it cool to look at a, a generational promise and be like, I could be the start of that? I could be the start of the faith being passed down generation after generation after generation. Holy cow. Pointing our kids to Jesus. Now, what about our spouse? What if I'm just married and I don't have any kids? Why can't we be doing that together? Being in prayer. Reading God's word together. See, I would suggest faith formation Let's make sure faith formation, the faith being passed down is primarily happening between us and the people that we're closest to. Why start with, oh gosh, I gotta go meet some complete stranger and be weird and talk about Jesus with them. Okay, maybe, but why not just start with the people that we're closest to? What does it look like to point our own heart to Jesus, those who are single and open up God's word each day knowing that they too gather with the Holy Spirit and in that time they're not alone but they're too hearing from Jesus and what he might be saying to them. 
Or what does it look like to have spiritual children that we walk with? You know, um, it's, it's just funny. I'll just, she'd be mad probably with me saying this, but Stephanie, the, the girl that was up here, she's, um, she's been such a blessing to my kids. You know, we don't have family around here. And uh, to see my kids even look up to her and uh, the, the impact that she has on my kids, what does that look like to, 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 to come alongside people in that kind of way? Why do we do what we do? Let me bring this up here. Make sure I get a couple of these. Why do we do what we do? Listen. Why do my kids, why do my kids want to go hunting? My kids want to hunt. Why do they want to hunt? Cuz I want I like to hunt. Right? Why why do I when I mow the lawn I get so nervous that the line is going to the left a little bit. Why do I do that? Because my dad made such a big deal about that. Um, you know, I, I just got my list here. Why do my kids prefer riding in our pickup truck over the minivan? Because I do. Um... Why do I find buying a certain brand to be important? Man, you got to have a John Deere. Why? Because that's what I saw my dad do. Um, why do I have this tendency to sweep my garage? Because I saw my dad sweep the garage. My dad's always sweeping the garage. Um, why do we use cloth napkins at our house? Because Jackie's family does that. Uh, why would I ever hang a deer up in my, in, my, in, my, in my house? Why would I hang a deer head up? Well, my uncle had an 11-pointer that he shot. And it was always, it, in my mind as a kid, I still thought of that 11-pointer as the biggest deer that was ever shot, ever. And my uncle Steve had it up in his living room. And when we'd go over to his house, it was always like, wow. So now I have a bunch of deer heads up in my living room. Why would we put bread in the fridge? Why do you put bread in the pantry? Why do you take the trash can and you put it underneath the sink? Why do you take the trash can and you put it in the pantry? Or why do you take the trash can and put it next to the countertop? Why do my kids cuss? Why did I get a divorce? Why do I yell at my wife? Why do my kids do drugs? Why do my kids want more toys? Why does my baby want to hold my phone? Why do my kids lie? Why, why, why? You see that? Now, I recognize that that's not all y'all's story. Sometimes you saw something and you said, I'll never do that. Fair enough. And there's plenty of that in the room. And that shaped you. But isn't it true that we're being shaped? We've been shaped. Why would we not be the kind of people who are shaping the people around us that we're closest to as it pertains to our faith? Why would we not be taking that serious? This today is the call. This is why at the beginning of the service, I, in my mind, I thought, 
I don't think it's going to impact everybody today, but this message today is going to change some family generationally. And I believe that's true. And that excites me. And I just, I'm all in on that. And I just love that. Probably more than any other thing. Is that we today can be, listen, we can be the kind of people who pass on the faith to those that we're closest to. And we can start generational stuff today. What are the stuff we're talking about with our kids? We get to tell our kids that Jesus died on a cross. Think about that. If you actually stop and think about that, we get to tell our kids that God came. I, got, I had a privilege to get to tell your kids today that God came into this world. Think about that. You get to do that with your kids. You get to remind them each day, Jesus died for you. God loves you. God has saved you. God will one day return to make all things new. We get to say that to the people that we're closest to. That's so cool. That's so cool. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to get to share this message. Um, a message of hope. A message that, that's bigger than just us on our own. A message that has implications for bigger than just us as an individual. You know, so often we come to church and we do stuff and we're always thinking, me, 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 me. But, but God, you are, you are such a generational thinking God. And God, some of us really, this is hard. Even though ultimately what I was trying to show today is how like simple this is. In a weird way, it's also really hard because the enemy is attacking us like crazy and he hates this. He absolutely hates the idea that we would center our families, center our marriages, center our singleness, center everything around you. He hates that. And so the fact that we're trying to say, man, this is something that can just be in any every aspect of our life and it can be super simple there's such a it's simple but it's like the hardest thing and this is why today God I pray your special blessing over that person in the room who might be like thinking okay I like I want to do it I don't know how to do it I don't know if I have the strength or the courage to do it I pray for that person today that you that you'd give them what they need, God, that you'd meet them today where they're at. Give them the courage. Give them the strength. Help them, God, through the power of your spirit. This, God, I, I know this is what you want. I know that. This isn't like, oh, I wonder what God's will is. This is your will. Now, we would be the kind of people who pass on the faith to the people that we're closest to. So bless us in that, Lord. Help us in that. Thank you that you do come. You know, that, that story we read earlier, Emmanuel, you really are with us, God. So we thank you for that. Thank you that you've saved us. 
Thank you for that picture of grace that we got to see today in those baptisms. Uh, God, you're just doing such amazing things. And uh, the impact we get to have on each other is truly incredible. So thank you, Jesus, for that. We love you. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray all this. Amen.